Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome. We have some slight breaking news to start the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, uh, I was going to say how devastated I was, but I like some breaking news. The Raiders fired GM Mike Mayock. <laughs> no way! <laughs> first round arm talent. And Ryan, and who was the guy who See, had first you know, That's talent? funny, Ryan too, Allen. because I don't even think he did. I mean, <laughs> he was probably. He's, See, he's the master of the. Uh, it's weird because you say you don't think he did a bad job, and I agree with you. But then if you look back at his draft picks the last couple of years, he had so much. The Raiders had so much potential to be like a stacked roster, and they're not because they missed on so many first round picks. So many over the last like two or three years because yeah, they true. had three from Khalil Max deal. And I don't think sucked. any three rugs sucked. The corner they drafted in the first round, the same draft top 20 is out of the league two years what? ago. Yep. He was the guy that remember the, the gun violent or he had, he was like holding the gun and was like making threats and he like posted it oh, and then they cut him in the, in the middle of the season. Hey, he wasn't like even that good anyway, but <laughs> well, he wasn't that great, but um, and then the year before that, I want to say they drafted um, a player who sucked. They took uh, Cleveland Farrell. Remember, yeah. Who, he well, suck? he was he was a top five pick, and if you remember, um, when they drafted him, yeah, everybody was like, was like, like Todd McShay and and uh, Mel Kiper were like, "Wow, that was a shock." He was supposed to go late first round. I'm pretty sure he's like a backup. Like I don't even know if he started. Um, oh, God, and they took him like fourth now. overall. Yeah, so he he's missed on some picks. Um, I think the Raiders should just restart. I was gonna say, do you think they they made the playoffs? So like, I know they made the playoffs, but I mean, they did they really ever have a shot at going anywhere? Because no, but when you say restart, is that like complete reset, like trade dark? Because there are people that feel yeah, I, I, I like. Would, I, I think would, I would get a get a coach in there that can develop guys and. Fire, obviously Mayock, which is done. Get rid of this Basaccia guy, um, and then just start trading assets to get some picks. I was gonna say because would you uh, would you trade Derek Carr? Yeah, and reset Probably. like that. Yeah, I don't blame. I mean, I think that's definitely they got to go in one. They either have to go all in or all out. You yeah. know. I mean, you got uh, Pittsburgh needs a QB, and they can still contend. Denver would take one. Honestly, trade him in division. Derek Carr is not great. Okay, I'm not saying he's great, but put him on the Steelers. I think it's an upgrade over Ben at this point in his career. Yeah, and hopefully Deontay gets targeted 172 times. Still. He would. He definitely would. Yeah. But anyway, so interesting early breaking news. Welcome, fans, to Jimmy's Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Uh, I looked devastated early to start the show because um, I know what it's like to be the Bills for the last 20 years, and all it took was one game. Um, yep. That was a painful – you know, I'll say it was a painful weekend. That – this is, I don't know if this is a hot take because maybe some people enjoyed the garbage that we saw this weekend, but the NFL needs to fix that super wild card weekend BS because that was bad. But well, we haven't watched the Cardinals Rams game, and that I'm going to assume that could be really good. will be the best 
the best game of the game week. of the week. But yeah. like you have the the Patriots against the Bills, which was less of a competitive game than I thought it was going to be. And then yeah. you had the Bucks with the Eagles, which is just that a game, catastrophe. The score was thirty-one to fifteen. I think they scored all fifteen points in the last like eight minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then you have uh, what was the other game? Uh, Cowboys, Cow- Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't bad. Decent. It wasn't bad. But then you had um, the other game at night. Chiefs, Chiefs. Uh, that was atrocious. So just gross all around. Bad weekend. I think having the seven play the two is not a great idea uh, because the seven played the two and both were obscene blowouts. So this year, yeah. But again, I and I said this to you before the show. Like, I'm still okay with giving it a chance because, like, if the ch- Chargers made it this year instead of the Steelers, yep. I think that would have been a much better game. Chargers Chiefs, and then in the NFC this year it was just like a six team. There were six dominant teams, and then a, like five or six crappy teams, and one of them were going to make the playoffs. It just happened to be the Eagles. It could have been like the Saints or the Falcons or like yeah, um, it's just a random team. The Washington Football Team. Can't believe the Falcons uh, were actually in it. The Vikings. <laughs> I know. They um, blow. That's what I'm saying. All right, question, question, quick before we uh we go through the intro and start with what we're doing for the show. Um in the Cincinnati Bengals game, there was an errant whistle on oh, Joe yeah. Burrow throwing a touchdown. Thoughts. Uh I didn't watch this game, so I just I heard about this. Um, of course you didn't and how like Joe Burrow. I wish I could. I was working. Okay. Um, forgive me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I didn't I didn't get to see what exactly happened, but um, from what I was from what I've heard is that the whistle blew mid play, right? Okay. So by rule, they need to um, even if it was an inadvertent whistle, they have to restart the play, and they didn't. So like, I'm kind of I get why both sides would be mad because if they took the play back, it was obviously going to be touchdown no matter what. And the, they just accidentally blew a whistle. So they would have taken away a touchdown from the Bengals. But again, by rule, that's what you're supposed to do. So, and they didn't. So if you were a Raiders this, fan, if I was a Pats fan, I probably would be pissed that they didn't call it. But like you got looking at this from an unbiased perspective, uh, Raiders fans need to relax. And I probably should tell myself if that ever happened to me because I, I feel like Joe Burrow just beat you on that play. No, he did. They did. Yes. That was going to be on the play. No he scored what. a touchdown. Like it, you're going to be like, Oh my God, like that shouldn't be a touchdown because they blew the whistle. And like, you're looking for something in the rule book to figure out a way to a way out of. Listen, I agree with you. I, I do like, agree with you, but by rule, like that's what they were supposed to do. So and the a NFL guy, are you NFL? No, no, guy. but I'm See? just saying, you know, you do got to respect the rules. You know, if it's a hold, if it's a hold, if it's a pass interference, it's a pass interference. You know what I mean? Like, if it's I just the clear don't think, rule. I think they should amend that rule because. They should. If, but, if, if a ref inadvertently blows. Because the other problem is that we don't, like even know, judgment we don't even know if they inadvertently blew the whistle. Because initially, they blew the whistle because they thought Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds. That was the initial start of the play. They thought Burrow stepped out of bounds, and then he threw the touchdown, and they watched the replay, and they were like, oh, he was in. So then the refs like realized they made a mistake, probably looking at the Jumbotron, or New York was like, you morons, you completely missed the play. They, that is not a reviewable play either, because if they blow the whistle, yes, it's not. and like, like Rick said, they blow the whistle, the play is dead. So the touchdown wouldn't have counted if they 
went, you know, if they challenged it or anything like that. So essentially the problem here is, is that um, I think the ref blew the whistle because they thought Joe Burrow was out of bounds and they made a mistake on it. And then they tried to patch the mistake by yep. uh, giving the, the NFL, touchdown, which is the right call to me. Right. But the NFL was clearly upset at them and they will, that crew is never going to officiate in the playoffs again. Did you see that report? That's disgusting. It's so funny how like that is the, where they draw the line, but like horrific missed calls or bad calls. They're yeah. like, well, it happens. <laughs> like I would you rather know? that I'd rather them make the, the right logical decision than like be in a situation where they're like, Oh, you know what? I got to follow the letter of the law. You know what I mean? Like if they, if they're in a game and, and the, the circumstances, circumstances dictate differently. Like that was a touchdown pass for Joe Burrow. The ref just couldn't swallow the whistle. So it's like, what you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm kind of in that box where I'm like, it's a touchdown. Like I, Joe Burrow was going to score on that drive anyway. So <laughs> even like yeah, the Raiders are like, Oh true. my God, we would have lost. We would have won if that happened. And I'm like, no, because they would have scored three anyway. And you still would have thrown a pick on the goal line. <laughs> like, right. It sure. doesn't really matter. So anyway, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that. So I, I guess you have uh, a hovering opinion, not really there. Yes, just yeah, it's unbiased because you didn't really yeah. partake, partake in Joe Burrow's greatness. The, right. the offense was like good for like the first two drives. They kept on getting in the red zone and they couldn't score on the league's worst red zone offense uh, d- uh, defense. Do you know they sc- they let up this season? They let up eighty one percent of the time a touchdown in the red zone. Or a score in the red zone, I should say. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. The Raiders were the worst team in the league in the red zone, and the Bengals got there like six times and couldn't score a touchdown. <laughs> I was like, guys, come on, it's nuts. But anyway, um, so today we have early hot takes for the 2022 fantasy football season. We we spent the last couple weeks kind of reflecting on the season a little bit, uh, and now we look forward to the future as we kind of jump into the end of this month. Um, so 2022 fantasy football right around the corner, seven months away. Um, I'm ready for football to be back. I'm ready to be sweating in August. <laughs> ready for football to be back as it's the divisional round of the playoffs. I know. Yeah. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's it's the divisional round, but there's not there's no. Fan- I'm ready for fantasy football to be back. Okay. It just ended like two weeks ago. I know. <laughs> it was like two weeks ago, and I'm like. Come back, baby. Come back. You need it twenty four seven in your life. Um, That's valid. Was I talking to you about this on the show or not know. on the show? You gonna watch the USAFL? Oh, I think we. I think we did bring this up. Um, the USL, USAL. No, I probably US, won't. USAL. I definitely won't. I definitely won't. I'm not even gonna I'll try it once. It. Try it for one year. <laughs> okay, you tell me how it is. It's probably gonna be garbage, but it's football in the springtime, so true anyway so yeah we got early hot takes for the season we'll try to get you through these relatively quickly now that we are uh 11 minutes into the program um before we do that check out our website fantasychampions.com follow us on twitter instagram tiktok facebook any of those platforms type the ff champs in you can follow us uh if you're if you're listening on apple podcast spotify stitcher or any other podcast platforms please leave a review share this podcast with your friends if you're watching on youtube subscribe click the bell for notifications like and then comment down below any questions you may have for us as we talk about our hot takes and you can also leave a hot take yourself in the comments and we will respond to it and tell you that uh that's probably not gonna happen or yeah we'll it's not happening so 
And you could say, hey, these aren't hot takes. You freaking kidding me? Or you could say, well, that's, you know, Rick Rick was like scared to get spicy on one and not scared to get spicy on the other. I'm I'm interested. (laughs) It all depends. Yeah. It all depends. So anyway, yeah. Let's jump into our early hot takes for 2022 fantasy football. Um, It's so funny. I was writing the date the other day and, uh, you know, digital world. You don't really write dates down anymore. Um, But I was writing a date down and I'm like, 2021. Oh, never mind. 2022. First time it's happened to me. We are 17 days into the new year. It's so weird. I, I, I don't write down dates that often, so it's, it's super weird mm-hmm. if I have to write like 2022. Yeah. So it's going to take me a while. It is 2022, my friends. Um, but we are going to – I have three hot takes that I'm going to get to, and Rick has three hot takes, so we're, we'll just bounce them back and forth off each other. We're trying not to spend – you know, an hour on uh, this particular segment. I'm hoping 15 minutes and then we'll be done. Oh, well, we'll see about that. Let's, <laughs> we'll just make our points about it and then. Yeah. Be like, so yeah, anyway, right. um, Rick, why don't you start with your early hot take? Okay. Okay. Mine is JK Dobbins will finish as a top 10 running back. Uh, a lot of people have been not necessarily forgot about Dobbins, but. Uh, a little bit kind of forgot about Dobbins yeah. and how he tore his ACL in the beginning of the year before the season even started uh, and didn't really get a chance. If we remember at the end of his rookie season, he was really coming out strong as the Ravens started running back. The Ravens did throw the ball more this year, but to me, I think that is because they were lacking at the running back position. Um, they're a team that does like to run the ball a lot. And even, mm-hmm. even with that being the case, they still ran it a decent amount. Their running backs on the roster as of today is Devonta Freeman, mm. Latavius Murray, Tyson mm. Williams, and J.K. Dobbins. Um, Do they Devonta Freeman Bus? is, I think, and Gus Bus, yes. So Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray are out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Tyson Williams, if you remember, was a practice squad player. He's going to be out of the picture next year. It's just going to be Dobbins and the Gus Bus. And yes, Edwards will be involved, and he'll have a role in the team. But Dobbins is going to play like he did at the end of his rookie season where they gave him about 20 touches a game mm-hmm. or close to it. And in that offense and with that talent, and he was a, it was an ACL tear, he'll recover just fine from it. Um, I'm not, pretty sure he didn't have any injuries in college either, so it's just kind of like a, a one-off thing, major injuries at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be back. He'll be fine. Uh, he'll be the same player, at least I think he will be. And if that is the case, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be really, really, really good. Um, and he's going to fly under the radar, I think, next year. And we'll probably won't be drafted as a top 10 running back. Um, but he'll, he'll be under the radar and I think has the ability to finish in the top 10. Have you tried to buy him in Dynasty? A little bit. I'm working on it. Checking the temperature in the room. I'm trying to get ETN in some leagues. <clears throat> I am too. But uh, anyway... No, I, I, I think I agree with this take. The only thing that concerns me is I hate chasing injuries. Um, I remember we, I can't remember. I know um, previous writer Adam Hutchison. I think he writes for four for four now. He wrote an article. I can't remember if it was for us or somebody else, but uh, explaining the um, the effects of an ACL injury and what the mm-hmm. fantasy point totals are after you have the ACL injury. Um, and so some, some players recover and are totally fine. Um, and then some players is just a complete, 
cluster. So yeah, it's early. I wonder in if there's career. a. That's what I was gonna say. So I, I'm that, not too concerned about it, and it happened in the springtime. So he, I mean, in the um late summertime. So he's had a full season to recover. He's gonna right. have a full off season to get himself in shape and ready to go. Um, I think he should be fine. Um, and like Rick said, there's no one in that backfield besides Gus Edwards <laughs> kind of holding him back. So, yeah. And they like to run it a lot. And if you look at the atrocity that the Ravens backfield was this year, yeah, like exactly. how bad yeah. they were rushing the ball. Um, and Devonta Freeman did decent, decently for fantasy, like low end RB two. <laughs> so they still ran the ball over 500 times. <laughs> no, I know. So it's like you get into this situation where they, they're going to get back to what they like to do. Dobbins is going to be a big part of that. And um, I don't like his PPR ceiling, but I think he can, he could definitely finish top 10 next year. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's my first one. And Rick gave me some news prior to the show that backs up this freaking point. I hope this well, happens hopefully. because I would start sweating. Yeah. But it's uh, Justin Fields. He's going to be a top top seven quarterback fantasy football. Hot take. Uh, there's a couple things with Fields. A, this rookie season was um, emotional for the Justin Fields truthers. Um, he had some really good games. He had some really bad games. There were games where I remember I, th- I watched him against Green Bay. They lost the game, but he looked good. He's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And they were like first half he sucked. I remember I was like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Rookie quarterback Justin Fields coming at you. And then he actually played well in the second half. He had some really good games this year. I think the big thing with Justin Fields is that he has he's, – he's fast. He's quick. Um, he's not as – like, I guess – would you say he's the equivalent rushing-wise to, like, Jalen Hurts? Yes. I actually think he's faster Okay, watching him. Um, but it's about the same, yeah. He had 72 rushes for 420 yards this year in 10, uh, in 10 games started, 40, uh, 12 games total playing. Um, and so I think he could be right around that Josh Allen rushing total of like 700-plus yards in a full season. Um, yes. And that kind of production rushing-wise is why I love Justin Fields for 2022. Um, I think he'll figure out the passing part of his game because he is talent. He's more – He I think, to be honest with you, to start his career right now, just comparing him like obviously Josh Allen's a better quarterback and some people would argue he's more talented, but I think just the starting point of where Justin Fields is, I personally would say he's probably more talented of an arm than Josh Allen was when he first started his career with Buffalo. Um, so he has a lot to like build on and um, like there's some throws that he makes. You're like, Whoa, only happens once every yeah. four games. But it's like, <laughs> Whoa. So I, I think that, Fields will be back. He'll be great. He'll start for the team. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is Brian Dayball interviewed, or he's going to interview. Is that correct? I don't know if he already had it or he's going. He's to, speaking but... to the to the uh, well. To the, he's yes, he's talking to the Dolphins, but um, he has a side check over there in uh, in Chicago. He's talking to the Bears uh, to go to Chicago to be their new head coach. And if that happens. That literally is. I just talked about Josh Allen. Like I feel like that's the closest comp to Justin Fields. For NFL it's a similar right comp, yeah, it's very similar, it's... and and the same quarterback. Like I, you know, I play in uh, I play in this Madden league with thirty two other people, and uh, you know, my offense is very similar to Buffalo. I literally use the Buffalo playbook, 
and um, I have two at quarterback, can't throw. Oh, I use a 88, 89 throw power. And uh, and can't run as fast as Fields, and then I get that offense with Justin Fields, and I torch people. Now Madden's well, gonna not be like that in real life, like real life, or will it? Or will it? <laughs> but Brian Dayball, the the system in Buffalo is perfect for Justin Fields, and I think Brian Dayball going to Chicago, implementing that kind of system for Justin Fields, is gonna be fantastic for that kid. Um, so Great. I'm even more bullish than top seven internally. But I, I'm going to put top seven on paper so I don't look like an idiot. That's fair. Because um, top seven is high. There's a lot of guys that um, you'd have to have more face points. But I could see it. They would have to, a lot of things would have to go right. I think they would, Brian Dayball, obviously, I think would be a great hire. Um, Do you think he um, has the talent? A Rob would stay if they got Dayball? I don't know. I think A Rob's as good as gone, to be honest. But if he's gone, they can they kind of just opens up cap space to replace him, or they could draft another wide receiver to go with Mooney. Um, but they have a young, like Mooney's still young. Cole Komet is young. Fields yeah. is like these guys have a lot of potential, um, and they'll have some cap space to work with this year. Uh, and Fields, I will say, of all the rookie quarterbacks, I think had the most wow moments. Uh, they all had their wow moments, but. Uh, I feel like Fields was good for. I know you said like once every four games. He definitely had a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like Ten once picks, a game, seven touchdowns. right? Yeah. Um, he also that, that's another thing with Fields though. The ten interceptions, like Lawrence and Wilson, especially in the beginning of the year, were all like extremely like mm-hmm. awful throws, like clear interceptions. Um, Fields didn't have many of them. Like a lot of those were like tip passes and like yeah, yeah, kind of um, I mean, through his receiver's hands. Sucks. Yeah, and there was there was a couple that were like that. I mean, he had a few valid interceptions. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're gonna throw ten, but it felt like he had a couple. He had one interception I remember vividly against I think the Packers in one of the games. Um, where they, the ref threw a flag for an offside, mm-hmm. so he just chucked it down the field, and it was intercepted. And then the ref pick up picked up the flag and said it wasn't. Oh, offside. that's so cheap, dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so that's that's what I'm saying. So he had a couple of those that were felt not his fault, but yeah, and he, yeah, I like it. According to according to PFF, he has. I mean, he graded as a 29 quarterback NFL wide, but he had the second highest QB rookie QB grade um, behind Mac Jones, who had an 80. Uh, he had 64. So good things. Yeah. Good things coming for Justin Fields. I think, you know, done with that rookie season, I think he has one of the best chances of breaking out in fantasy, mostly tied to that rushing, because I think he could get 100 fantasy points just rushing. And if he ties 250 to that, like automatically top seven, like that's that easy money. So I'm yeah. excited to see what he does. What's your next one, Rick? My next one, uh, staying on the topic of rookie quarterbacks, um, is one of Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson will finish in the top 12 mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Uh, not as high as Fields, but we'll have um, a very good season. One of these guys, I think it's because, you know, every they all pretty much other than Mac, the other guys mm-hmm. played pretty poorly this year. Um, and I think one of them will probably play like that their whole career, to be honest. And it's going to be a plus. Um, probably two of them of the five. I still think three of them are going to be good. Um, and people are going to look back at this past season 
and kind of just be like, oh, that Trevor Lawrence just sucks. We all, we're already seeing it on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the tweet, but it was people saying Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be ranked in the top 20 in Dynasty. Oh, um, they boy. would take Mac all Jones right. over. And I, I mean, Mac and Jones. For, fan, for fantasy, for fantasy, would take Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Um, all right. All right. <laughs> He's right. He has yeah. The, there's a lot the of freaking coach there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of hate for Trevor Lawrence, and then obviously there's hate for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, and and there was a lot of people that didn't like him pre-draft anyway. He was kind of um, up and down opinions, and then also the fact that um, he probably the first half of the season was one of the worst first halves I've ever seen yep. from, a, from a rookie quarterback. Yep. Played much better in the second half of the year yeah. though, which is something that I look at and like. They finished the year off strong. Even Trevor Lawrence played poorly in the second half of the season, but the last game of the season finished on a strong note. I think that is good for quarterbacks that had really bad rookie seasons mm-hmm. to at least finish well. Um, so look, I'm not gonna put a put a flag down on one of these guys. I think it's more likely it's Trevor Lawrence because I think he's the better of the two quarterbacks. But you could make the argument that Jets are actually a better situation as of right now um, until the Jet, the Jaguars hire a good coach and um, figure things out there. And maybe because Chark's a free agent, uh, if he just goes into next year with a mediocre coach, Marvin Jones, LaVishka Chanel, I don't think that's enough. I think they, they got they to either bring Chark back or replace him with a high-quality receiver, get a good head coach in there rebuild the offensive line in the draft. Um, get him get him some more pieces around there. Well, Zach Wilson is kind of just like next year he's either going to improve or he's not. And they're going to obviously need a better offensive line, but he has weapons, I think. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, um, Jameson Crowder is probably gone. Denzel Mims might be gone, but they might get a solid like third receiver to complement those guys. Um, Michael Carter looks like he's at least an NFL running back. So they have pieces there with the Jets. Um, I think it's just a matter of if he's a good NFL quarterback or not. But if he is, I think he can take a big step. Same with Trevor Lawrence. And they have they both have rushing upside mm-hmm. that I think people don't realize because Trey Lance and Fields obviously are more uh, of rushers. Zach Wilson, according to PFF, has the fifth best rushing grade among quarterbacks. In the NFL? In the NFL. Well, I mean... There you go. <laughs> um, he had he had a couple big runs all year. Uh, I want to say he had. I could pull up. He didn't really start running in the beginning I will of the season. James I think that kind of on this list too. Okay, well, <laughs> that kind of hurt him. But he had 184 yards rushing with four rushing touchdowns in 13 games. Mm-hmm. And again, he didn't really rush a lot in the beginning of the year. So I think next year he could get around 300 rushing yards with yeah. four or five touchdowns, and that gives you a floor um, higher than guys like. Um, obviously Brady uh, at this point is crowd. I don't know if Rogers is rushing for 400 yards. Um, some of those Kirk cousins quarterbacks like that. And then obviously we know Trevor Lawrence can run. So um, I think one of these guys gets there in the top 12. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm as bullet. I think Lawrence maybe, but Wilson, not so much. No, that's fair. Uh, but anyway, my second hot take is Calvin Ridley. This might be a home team. This is a home. This is home team. <laughs> but uh, I think New England, uh, New England, the New England Patriots are going to be looking to add a weapon to the offensive side of the ball this year. And I don't know that they're going to go out and spend, uh, you know, all thirty-six million dollars in cap space that they have. 
guys like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. Um, you just referenced DJ Chark. Um, yeah. There's some guys in free agency that are going to get paid, and I don't know if New England wants to pay those guys. I do believe they're going to go try to get a guy and somebody who kind of shut down for the second half of the year. I still think he wants to play football, and there's rumors about him not wanting to be in Atlanta anymore, uh, but it's Calvin Ridley, uh, and I think New England's yep. going to try to make a run at Calvin Ridley. I don't know what they're going to offer. I don't know what the deal is going to end up being, but I think New England will try to get uh, Calvin Ridley by the end of the year, and I think it uh, it would be a perfect fit for New England. I hope so. I think Calvin Ridley is a stud. Um, the last report I saw is that he has had zero to minimum communication with the Falcons, and another report says he might request a trade. Um, mm-hmm. This everybody says every team is interested: the Browns, the Jets. Uh, but the Patriots, I think, are on this small list, but it's not from like Schefter or any yeah, yeah, yeah. legit reporter. But yeah, I would love it. Absolutely I love it. I speak it. It happens. So <laughs> Yeah. Speak it into existence. All right, Rick. Give us your final hot take. Okay. Okay. This one is probably the the one that I would get the most hate for. Um, that's Travis Kelsey. The question will is, not, do you rank him like this? That's the question. Will not finish in the top three of tight ends Woo! in 2022. Okay. He's finished in the top two every year for the last, what, six years? So this would really, um, really bring an end to uh, to that happening. And the reason I say this, okay, we'll start off with the emergence of some tight ends. We've seen Dawson Knox, Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, mm-hmm. um, breakout just game three, for Dawson Dal- Knox against Dal- New England, Dalton Schultz. There's a lot of good tight ends over this year that has emerged, and they're young. Okay, George Kittle is still there. I think Mark Andrews is going to. Um, build off what he did this year. I don't know if he's going to finish tight at one, but he's at least um, very solid. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to build off what he did this year. Same with Dawson Knox. Noah Fant, if the Broncos get a quarterback, could be a legit contender. And then when it comes to Kelsey himself, he's 32, and he will be 33 next season. He turns 33 in October. So Mm -hmm. during next season, he will turn 33. At what point does he just drop off i because 33 for a tight end that's old it's it's you're getting you're starting to get there i mean there was guys who played that greg olson i think is the most recent example but even greg olson's last like great season in the league was when he was 31 Mm. 34 he was okay but he wasn't nearly like a top five tight end um it's hard to look back at the last even the last couple of years that a 33 year old tight end will finish in the top three. Um, it's just, it's just super rare. And I'm not saying Kelsey won't do it. This is why it's a hot take. Yeah. But if I had to bet, I don't think you he's going to do it. And I wouldn't, and, and I would not draft him next year. I mean, that, that what is are you ranking him. Are you going to rank him top three or I think I would rank him third as of right now. But. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I I am all on the train for Travis Kelsey falling off. A cliff. I didn't even mention Kyle Pitts, by the way. Oh yeah, that's true. I I think Mark Andrews is a real argument, real threat to that. Um, I think Kyle Pitts. It really, if Calvin Ridley's gone, Kyle Pitts next year uh, will be a threat to that throne as well. Um, I feel like there's only George Kittle. If he was able to play a full season, could 
mm. getting in that top three to push, push put, to push Travis Kelsey out. He gets targeted so much. I think what it would take for him to absolutely collapse internally is some kind of injury, which he never gets. Um, and I'm starting to see a little bit of uh, the injury wears poking through on uh, on Travis mm. Kelsey because he is. I feel like every play he gets hit really hard. He gets up slower. And then I, this past like uh, week 18, I think, the Chiefs were playing and they hit him in the leg and he just like limped off the field real slow. <laughs> I was like, Do you know who <laughs> who Gary Barnage is? No. Who the I fuck don't, is Gary I've Barnage? never heard of him, but in 2015, he was the tight end three. Um, and he was 30 years old. But mm-hmm. other than that, <laughs> I don't even, I've just looked him up and he never finished inside the top, mm. like in the top five of tight ends other than that year. So it was just a random year. He was on the Browns too in 2015. I don't Barry, even know who the quarterback Gary was. Barnage? Yeah. Um, Greg Olson. How many people drafted Gary Barnage way too high? <laughs> I know. I don't but remember yeah. that name. And like, I don't either. That That's, long ago. It was like six years it ago. It wasn't 2015. But if you go back, you look at the last the top three tight ends. It's like Zachary, it's Gronk, Darren Waller had a year in there, um, has had a couple years in there. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham, but that was when he was younger in his prime. Kyle Rudolph had one year. Greg Olson, but they were younger. Nobody thirty three years old for a tight end is old. It's he's the same age as Gronk, and we yeah. Gronk is already Gronk is still great, but he's no longer a top three fantasy tight end. Yeah. I think it's time. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is uh, Travis Kelsey is one of Mahomes' favorite targets. And yes, yeah. Mahomes isn't going He gets to target that. shoved down his throat. So um, that would be my concern for the top three thing, and that would be the most uh, relevant thing that would destroy that take. I'll probably still yes. rank him like top two. That's I just fair. don't know. I don't know who to rank one, so that's my problem. <laughs> I but, know. Uh, that is the problem. Yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey, I think, is headed towards decline. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle Pitts, baby. Uh, I had Travis Kelsey is headed towards the decline. Uh, my final hot take and the final hot take of our show is there will not be any rookie wide receivers in the top 15 finishing in 2022. Um, and this might be a hot take for some because the dynasty community, and I am among them, uh, love to hype up these rookies and just get sweaty. And to be honest with you, I've watched the last three years of rookie classes. I love them. And it was really fun to watch how many great players came out. But this year, it is... There's some good guys that I like, but it is kind of abysmal. It is. There's like two, maybe three guys that are like, yes. And... And rookie wide receivers don't usually work out to begin with. Like this year, Smith was good to start and then slowed down. Uh, had he up kinda, and up, ups and downs. He had a lot of ups and downs. And and Devonta Smith, who was like I think he was what? wide. Uh, what is it? Running. Uh, wow. He was uh, one hundred one in dynasty drafts for a lot of people. And some. Um, and he had one hundred and eighty five fantasy points this year through seventeen games. Finishes wide receiver thirty in PPR. Um, that's kind of what you would expect from a rookie. That's that's a uh, he had a good rookie season. He did have a good rookie season, like but that's what a rookie year. season looks like. And you see yes, the rookies this year that finished 
know, obviously Jamar Chase finished in the top five. Um, Jalen Waddle finished 13. So we had two rookie wide receivers finish in the top 15 of fantasy football just this past year. And then the previous year you had Justin Jefferson and I believe one other guy, I can't remember his name, um, finish in that top 15. This year though, I think you're going to end up with like three years ago, Terry McLaurin was the best rookie wide receiver and he finishes wide receiver 18. Yeah. So I think you're going to have a very similar year to that. And I w- I pulled up the uh, the PFF big board for the 2022 uh, oh, okay. NFL draft here. And the first wide receiver that appears on this list uh, happens to be at, um, I'm going, it's uh, PFF ranked 10, Garrett Wilson from the Ohio. 10th best player. Say it again. 10th best player. 10th best player in the draft. Really? Garrett Wilson? Not even Chris Olave? No. So, okay, interesting. Uh, but he know. was, even this guy was out of 1,000 receivers, he was uh, 30th in the PFF grade. But you keep scrolling down, another wide receiver, Drake London. Um, that is in the top 15. And then Jamison Williams, top 17. So, like, those guys, and then Chris Olave, um, wide receiver, PFF rank 20. Uh, and so like, th- I think that's, there's four guys maybe mm-hmm. that will go in the first two rounds. And I don't think that this draft class is going to be all that exciting at the wide receiver position anyway. So I have a feeling that these guys are going to get drafted by teams that already have talent because what normally happens with the r- rookie wide receivers, not to go on a, on a tangent, when you draft a rookie wide receiver to a football team like Cincinnati, they automatically become the number one receiver, right? Yeah. Devonta yep. Smith to the Eagles, automatically number one wide receiver. Jalen Waddle to Miami, yep. automatically number one wide receiver. Or two behind Devontae Parker, who sucks. Um, but kind of emerged as number one. Though. He emerged as the number one. But those guys had a shot at getting like big target shares early, all of that stuff. And it's because they were on a team that had no receivers. Amonra St. Brown, towards the end of the season, started getting targeted a lot because there's legit no one there in Detroit. Um, he was yeah. like a fourth-round pick. But um, anyway... I think what you're looking at for the wide receiver position is that as you get later in that first round, if if the receivers start falling back and they don't get drafted in the top 12, top 15, uh, they end up on football teams that already have a lot of talent um, and already have a lot of guys at the wide receiver position. And they're not going to get you know the one or the two slot in the wide receiver. They get the wide receiver three, and then they have to develop. And that's usually what happens. And guys that get drafted in that area end up being wide receiver 30, wide receiver 40, and they don't really provide too much production fantasy-wise on a week-to-week basis. So um, I think that's what's going to happen this year. I don't think there's going to be a wide receiver drafted in the top 10. Um, I could be dead wrong on that. I haven't looked any mock drafts yet. so <laughs> the r- I, don't, I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be. But if, if there, you know... Maybe if, top 20. If there but- is in the top 10, then maybe that guy ends up being really good, but then it depends on what team he goes to, you know, like obviously the Bengals had Joe Burrow and they ended up being really good Uh this year and that helped Jamar chase. But to me, there's just no one in this class that screams. There isn't. That's what I was going to say. I don't think there's a guy in this class that is going to be a top 10 receiver in the NFL. At least you could make the argument. (laughs) I don't, I mean, I don't, at some point in the future, probably. But maybe there's gonna yeah. be one guy that everyone's gonna try to when when you but when you looked at last year like you could make the argument chase waddle and smith were all gonna be could be real legit like number one receivers in the nfl 
it's harder this year for that. I don't know. Like one of the guys sure might. Yeah. But I don't know. We've had consistently over the last three years, lots of good wide guys receivers. who are going to finish. Yeah. Who are like top 10 receivers, mm-hmm. you know, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, um, CD lamb. Uh, obviously last year with Smith Waddle chase. It's like, I don't It's rare to get multiple guys every single year like that. Yeah. So like this year's the, anomaly. this year, this year is going to be the year where, uh, there isn't a working wide receiver. And, this it goes to my uh, just quickly to end the show here. It goes to my strategy of the last couple of years. It's looked bad. Like Rick has made fun of me because <laughs> there's been some transitional <laughs> talents coming out of the NFL draft yes. that have been ridiculously good in the last like two seasons. Justin Jefferson, obviously Jamar Chase coming from LSU. So like um, there's been some really good guys, but then there were people who drafted Jalen Rieger in drafts, Henry Ruggs in drafts. We're, we're, we're talking about redraft here. We're not talking about dynasty. We're talking about yes. redraft. Yes. And guys that drafted in their rookie season because they were like, oh, you know, Henry Ruggs on the Raiders, man. He's going to be really good. And and then he ended up sucking and you got burned. Hey, he was he was better than, than Jalen Rieger before he, uh, you know. No, I know. <laughs> but even even so, it still wasn't good for fantasy. Um, no. But that's the problem is that is that you're going to go back to that relative obscurity and people are going to overdraft rookies this year. And that is when like you got to for fantasy football, you got to pivot like we have to pivot when when we know things are going to happen. If we look at a class and we don't see anybody transitional like Jamar Chase in it. Yes, we have to pivot and be like, OK, just because his, historically over the last two years, we've had rookie wide receivers have really good seasons. That doesn't signal to me a trend of any kind of change it just means that there was a really good crop of wide receivers in this class in this group of last couple years and that's great but now we have some good wide receivers that are going to come out and there's going to be some successful guys and there's going to be not so some not so successful guys but if you're running out and drafting in the top seven rounds you know whatever that guy's name was i said first um then you're you're probably not playing fantasy football right. So this is definitely a year where I would avoid in redraft drafting a rookie wide receiver unless it's like late, Rude. late first round. I mean late, um, not first round, late, late in the draft. So yep. anyway, that's my that's my hot take. I don't think it's that hot to be honest, but people will. People will think it's hot, <laughs> especially dynasty people. Yeah. They listen to the show. They clicked out as soon as they. I mean, if they made it that far, they probably clicked out. My take. Out of, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we're going to take you through a first round mock draft on thursday be sure to check it out it's going to be exciting going to be interesting see you later guys see you. thank you for listening to the fantasy champions podcast make sure you subscribe on itunes and youtube and follow us on twitter at the ff champs